All right, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the Build Show podcast. That's right, my weekly time to get together with you guys and go deep. And man, I am really, really excited on this episode today to announce a brand new contributor to our website who's going to be on the podcast with me, CJ Nelson. CJ is an electrician based out of California that I've been following for a long time on social media. Uh, I've also read his articles on fine home building really accomplished electrician who's done some really cool stuff and I'm super excited to have him shooting videos on Build Show Network but today we're going to learn his background his history it's going to be a really fun episode today's Build Show from the Rockwell Studios in Austin Texas let's get going All right, guys, before we jump in with CJ, let me say a huge thanks to our sponsors of today's podcast, ViewRail and Plungy. Now, first off, ViewRail, if you don't know these guys, this is a family-owned company right in the heart of America. I've been to their plants twice now. Every time I go, I feel like they have more capacity, they have more people, they have more stuff going on. This is a true American success story. Americans building really cool stuff for your American builds. Now, first off, let me tell you about kind of their signature piece, which is their view rail flight. This is a modern floating staircase with all the parts in a box shipped direct to your job site. So basically in one or two days, you can go from no staircase to a finished, beautiful staircase. All kinds of options, all kinds of glass and handrails and all these cool things. I'm sure you've probably seen them on some of my videos, but go check out more. You can just Google ViewRail and you'll get to their website. Also, I want to say a big thanks to my friends at Plungy. If you're not familiar with these guys, this is originally an Australian company that had this idea of what if we sold an affordable prefabricated pool, pre-plumbed, pre-concreted the whole shebang, and we craned it in at the job site. They started their U.S. operation several years ago, and in fact, they've got a plant not too far from me here in Texas, and it's super cool. I've been to a job where they've installed them, and literally, a truck comes with a semi. The builder already has a, a hole dug and a concrete pad poured. They drop that pool in. The next day, you plumb, uh, you wire, you do everything you need to with your trades, and seriously, just a few days later, you've got a working pool at fractions of the cost that it takes to do a traditional site built pool very very cool and surprisingly you get some really big sizes as well uh even you even though you've got this limitation from trucking so anyways check out plungy usa to learn more about these guys cj thank you for taking time for us today brother thanks for having me matt absolutely so uh so cj around the time we publish this podcast we're going to be publishing your videos to buildshownetwork.com so if you're listening to this podcast you can go over to the website and see uh i don't know how many but we'll probably publish four or five of your videos cj something like that including your your bio video um but man i would love to get to know you a little deeper on this podcast hear your uh, kind of story about getting into the trades and hear a little bit about your electrical contracting business. But you're based in a pretty interesting part of the world, too, I think. Talk to me about uh, about where you're located. Uh, we're out of uh, Petaluma, California. So we're like 40 miles north of San Francisco. So close. Uh, Golden Gate Bridge is, you know, 40 minutes away. Um, huge hub for industry. So um, Sonoma County is actually where we base most of our work. Yep. Um, uh, where I think a lot of people recognize 
um, some of the f- big fires that happened back to back six. I don't even know the year 16, 17 North Northern California has I've um, uh, had a couple real bad fire seasons. A so um, a lot of our work is in uh, the Santa Rosa, Sonoma, Napa area. Uh, we do get over to San Francisco, but um, uh, wine country is kind of where we focus on high end residential um, is our main uh, is our main uh, go to right there. That's awesome. And how long have you owned uh, CNC Electric? How long ago did you start the business? Uh, so 2016, I uh, incorporated, and okay. it was just me um, at the beginning. And then we got a hold of one nice big build um, where you know, I mean, when it was just me, we were, it was kitchen remodels. We do whole houses. Um, but I came from a background of uh, working for some contractors that were doing big monster homes in San Francisco. Hmm. And when I finally decided to go out of myself, it was just me. And then uh, my brother I actually had my brother employed for a little while, a little younger than me. So it was fun. It was just him and me. And uh, since then, um, what's that, six, seven years now, we have uh, six employees, three trucks, um, a tight knit. I call ourselves boutique electrical contractor, but we really try to focus on that uh, high-end residential. Um, so anywhere from 3,000 square foot houses, and I think we have a 12,000 square foot uh, build coming up. Um, so it's uh, it's definitely a luxury market where we live, but um, so we're a little spoiled. We got some pretty fun ones. Yeah, you got some really fun ones. What's your, what's your background, man? Talk to me about your path to get to where you are today. Uh, did you know at a, how young were you? Did you realize that you had an aptitude for the electrical trade or an interest in the electrical trade? Um, so I've always been a hands-on guy. I just grew up uh, tagging along with dad. Um, he, you know, it, I came from, you know, middle class, uh, but we never had a handyman or a remodeler or a contractor at our house. Dad did everything. So awesome. I kind of just followed him around. I've always loved you know, early on, I think it was just, you know, getting in his way and playing with tools or losing them. But eventually, you know, realized that I really like building stuff. Um, I got way into cars into high school and thought I wanted to be a hot rod builder or a welder of some sort. Um, I, I never saw myself going to college. I just didn't have any interest in there. Mom and dad didn't push really hard. They kind of left it open for all of us to decide. Um, and when I decided to be an electrician, I was actually a senior in high school and I was, uh, had some close friends and her dad was uh, an electrical contractor ah. and um, kind of got to know him. And one day he, kinda, he knew my background and knew I was working at a body shop in the summer in between schools, um, working on cars and uh, said, do you want to be an electrician? And I said, I'd never even thought about it. And I had a neighbor down the street that was an electrician and he always had cool trucks and cars. And I thought, <laughs> and you know, you hear in the, in uh, around, oh, electricians make good money. And I just jumped right in, right out of high school. Um, awesome. I got to finish my senior year at, um, of, of high school uh, in an independent study so I could get a little jump start. Um, so by the time my friends were graduating, I was already in um, my apprenticeship for over a year. Holy cow, that's um, amazing. And then, you know, hit the ground running, never let, never looked back, never did anything else other than electrical. And uh, like I said, worked at a body shop on and off uh, during the summer just because I was way into cars. But uh, that was just my high school years. And That's amazing. Uh, I, I don't know the path. Tell me the path to get to your, do you have a master's electrical license right now? Yeah. So the way it works in California. Like? So in California, 
It's all based off hours. Okay. Um, you work for a, a, a contractor with a C10 license. A C10 in California is their electrical classification. Okay. Um, and you qualify um, uh, with hours. Um, you also, uh, they do have um, training programs. There's non-union and union. Um, union puts you through school. Non-union, same thing. You can join a school program. Um, I did a little bit of both. I was in the union for a short stint, um, was non-union, um, based off hours. So 5,000 hours get you a general journeyman, um, card and you take a test similar to, you know, the contractor's state license board test, but it's uh, specific for journeyman classification. Um, so there's a, a few different levels, residential, general journeyman. Um, and once you have that, you can go work as a general journeyman um, for other contractors. Um, and then so you had to work with, three years to be able to get 5,000 hours roughly, right? Uh, so they always right? based it off of a 2,000 hour work year. Okay. So it's just shy of five, um, you know, depending on how, how much you worked, if you were working a full 40. But yeah, it's a typically uh, between three and five years, uh, okay. depending on the level you're going for. Gotcha. And that's for your general journeyman card so that you can work for um, uh, a licensed electrician. And after that, you know, our California state laws are a little different than every other state, but um, you do the same thing, qualifying hours, uh, apply for a um, contractor's license and similar to most of other states I understand. That's wild. So how old were you when you got that general journeyman license? I was uh, 22. So, um, or just I was 21. I was about four years and tested out and became journeyman, um, bounced around companies. I wanted to just learn as much as I could. What's so the hourly really rate in California for that, uh, for that kind of uh, level of experience, oh, just out of curiosity? It's, it's pretty crazy, uh, it, depending on where you are. Um, San Francisco has real high, um, I think some of those journeymen in San Francisco that are working for the union are making 80 plus hours or 80 plus dollars an hour. Um, you know, and they factor in wage benefits. Um, but a real good journeyman is making excess of 40 to 60 bucks an hour, depending on, you know, experience and types of projects and if they're a foreman or a supervisor. So here you are as a 22 year old, you could be making 40 to 60 bucks an hour already. That's unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, depending on experience. And so when things are busy here, it's, you know, we have that labor shortage, I think that you guys probably experience oh, yeah. in Austin. Yeah, a lot of people are um, experiencing that right now. Yeah, so it's tough um, to find guys or, you know, like I said, there's different levels like in any trade of uh, experience. But yep. we're pretty lucky. I got a close knit group of guys and uh, they're like family, so. That's so awesome. Um, so then when did when were you able then to sit for your master's electrical license well it's we don't have anything um it doesn't go masters oh, in california okay no i'm sorry as a master's electrician um so general journeyman i think is unless you're working for someone i'm pretty sure your general journeyman um license is the highest qualifying gotcha um and then like i said if you want to be in business and work for yourself and become a contractor that's a whole different ball game you have to go through the state and get a, a C10 uh, license and, Got it. Uh, you know, maintain your insurance and your uh, your bond, just like most states. Got it. So then how old were you when you started CNC Electric? 2016. So I'm 36. I started uh, 
uh, I actually incorporated in 16. So I was uh, just under 30 years old, 29. Dang, that's so awesome. When we incorporated. That's so cool, CJ. Man, you've accomplished so much in your short 36 years, man. That's incredible. That's so cool. It's, yeah, you know, when you reflect it, I'm proud of what we're doing, but we're growing every day. We have a lot of personal, I have a lot of personal growth to go within the company as we've gotten bigger. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of stuff we want to develop within the company, but um, we're definitely proud of what we've accomplished so far. Man, big time. What do you do as an electrician for um, further education or, or, um, or, or learning, you know, at your age and your stage in life, I assume you're a lot like me that uh, I feel like, gosh, there's so much to know about being a builder. There's so much to know about your electrical trade. There's really no stop. There's no time where you're like, oh, I know it all. I'm, I'm complete. I'm a master builder or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and one thing that I've done over the years to educate myself is read Fine Home Building, for instance, of which you've been on the cover of, by the way. Uh, that was fun. that was a big one. That was huge, man. That was so cool to see you on the cover. That's probably the first time I ever heard about you was reading that article. But what have you done over the years or what publications or avenues have there been for you to learn your trade and uh, and hone your craft, learn about new products, learn about new techniques, uh, codes, all that kind of stuff? Um, I don't know. You know, I always tell my guys uh, or any apprentice I'm working with or any young guy coming up in the trades uh, when I was at the supply house, it's as basic as that, you know, picking up the catalogs that are sitting on mm. the countertop, 16, 17 years old, thumbing through, seeing different material types. Cause you know, you could really get into, you could, you could absorb what you're taught yep. or you could go out and try to get more. And so I always found my nose in catalogs and, you know, uh, trade magazines yep. that they send you for free. Um, big, I mean, I grew up uh, a, a millennial, right? So um, internet's a huge a resource yeah. i was always on um, a lot of the forums you know how those are it's oh, just yeah. endless you could really link up with uh multiple guys um and then also just being into it you know it mm -hmm. was never really a job it was it was it was a passion mm -hmm. and so i was pretty obsessed with different things as far as uh you know when it comes to the houses uh, the lighting systems and you know if you want to get into that it's 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 a hundred percent up to you know the the individual mm -hmm. to go reach out you know whether it be with the manufacturer if they have training courses we have a lot of reps um that that offer you know the the flyers sitting on the supply house desk saying you know you could learn this they also do require us to to uh uh you know it's the ceu credit so oh, yeah, you know yeah. you're supposed to have a certain yeah. amount of hours per year with the continuing education to keep your license valid. And that was more like book work. It's more, I'm not a big code nerd. I appreciate the national electric code, but a lot of, um, you know, we have to abide by it, but sure. we overbuild sure. so much that I don't really have to. Yeah. Think I'm, the about same it way. I'm not, I'm not trying to figure out what screw pattern I need minimum, to, yeah. uh, to meet the minimum standards. Yeah. The code minimum. So a lot of those things <laughs> have come on in my brain just cause I know, you know, we don't have to, we don't, we're not a code minimum company. Right. Um, Us too. And uh, our clients don't expect code minimum. They expect above and beyond. So yeah. I luckily, but yeah, so there's continue education um, yep. credits yep. that you have to get. But I think the most uh, important thing as far as where I've learned is just kind of being obsessed with it. You know, when you, when you hear about something new, you know, we're able to offer something uh, for our 
you know, clientele if we are qualified in it. And that is just reaching out or doing research when you find out, you know, how do, how do these guys install lighting systems? And then you go to the website and there's a training program and, you know, sometimes they cost money and sometimes they're free. It's, it's more, you know, it's definitely organic for sure. And so, and so much, even in your short career has changed, right? I mean, think about, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, I'm, about 15 years older than you. So 15 years ago, when I started my company, you were you were getting into the trade. And I remember like LED light bulbs were like, oh my gosh, there's these new things called LED light bulbs. Uh, and I was still at the time trying to figure out, well, do I wanna use dedicated compact fluorescent recessed cans uh, because mm-hmm. they were so much more efficient than the halogen uh, that was kind of the gold standard among custom builders in, in Austin, Texas. And, you know, I learned a lot about how expensive and ridiculously bad they were <laughs> at the beginning yeah. at the beginning but now like there's a whole discussion we could be had about how long it'll be before we're we're wiring houses for dc and you know probably. we we could we could probably run a majority of the house in like speaker wire uh mm-hmm. to feed these led fixtures that are running on dc i mean i, I think that uh, it's such a fun time to be in your trade or my trade because technology has moved so fast uh, and everything has trickled down such that, you know, what the LED products we're putting in today, uh, you know, like at my house, I have a bunch of Halo products that are middle class technology today that only the uber, uber rich could have afforded 10 years ago because uh, they were so ridiculously expensive. And now they've come down big time. Uh, and it, I suspect within 10 years, we're going to have a whole different set of fixtures that we're installing in technology and wiring oh it's it's come light years i say you know to people in in just a few years it was like tv technology you know when, when a plasma screen or lcd mm-hmm. whatever the first one was they yeah. you know weighed 300 pounds and they were right. made of glass and they were ten thousand dollars so leds just come night and day um and i feel like with the led you know anything we're installing um, sometimes it's designer driven. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, they're looking for our input it just depends on the quality or, you know, type of build. Yep. Um, but I found out you get left in the dust if you don't try to keep up yeah. with it. Um, you could get above and beyond and, and never really, uh, I'm definitely a, a, a trust guy when it comes to what products we're installing, you know, yes. I gotta be able to trust it unless I'm being really forced to install something. I can give my input, um, and think, or, you know, and, explain why I don't like something and try to influence the project. But um, oftentimes we stick with what we know works really well. Yep. Um, but you can't, you can't, you know, just stay in your little corner and not absorb some of the new products on the market. Yeah. Um, but usually when we're, when we're working with a new brand, we're trying to, I test stuff on my own home mm-hmm. um, or we have smaller projects, whether it's, um, you know, it's not a whole house with LED strip everywhere, sure. or maybe it's just a bathroom and we yep. then you get to trust the product, but the LED strip has come just light years, the built in yeah. uh, optics and some of the recess lighting is insane. Um, it's really just, we're spoiled right now I know. Um, it's crazy. because of what we have. I think the RGB stuff, the red, green, blue, mm-hmm. uh, there's products on the full spectrum, uh, you know, te- color temperature, yep. the halo stuff's awesome. There's so much stuff. And it's just, like I said, nerding out on it and yes. really, you know, 
pushing for for something that you want to be installed if you're interested in it you know for sure man and and what i'm i'm really excited to, to watch your videos over the course of the next year because i think there's there's so many topics that you could hit that i would love to get your take on in fact i had a I ought to make a list of a dozen things that I'm thinking of just to give you some suggestions because they're videos I'd like to see. But like even yeah. even nerdy things like I'd love to know what kind of boxes you like. Uh, I to your point about stumbling upon catalogs, I stumbled upon the Arlington catalog a couple years ago and was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know all these boxes were an option like the this is now ubiquitous. But like the Arlington inbox, you know what that is? That electrical oh, yeah. uh, exterior outlet box that has the recess and then it has this really nice flap. I found that a couple years ago because I stumbled on the catalog and was like, no way, this looks a million times better than those stupid bubble covers. Uh, and then and then I realized, oh, they've got all these different options for those with brick installs, with stucco installs, with different flanges. And most builders, I don't think, are, are don't have an idea about those products unless someone mentions into it or they see it. So one thing that would be super fun from you would be some kind of a regular what's new in electrical products video series i could see uh my team feeding you some uh manufacturers to say hey send all your your new cool stuff that you're going to unveil at ibs to cj ahead of time because we're gonna uh we're gonna see if he could make some kind of new products video so the you know the lutrons the halos the uh, the arlingtons any of those companies that make all kinds of different products it'd be really fun to have them have you give us the kind of preview and what's new out there, but not just the here's what's cool, but but also your experience of now I'm a little concerned about this because of X, Y and Z, or frankly, I'm really excited about this because I think this solves this problem that I've had in the past. So that's I'm super excited to see your videos, man. I love nerding out on electrical stuff. Yeah, I think you're you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, looking through our catalog um, or or being open minded when you see an ad, and, you know, as much as we've all been uh, brainwashed to hate commercials you know some of the stuff is pretty important yeah. if you want to you know think outside the box yep. and so uh, i didn't talk to either about you know influence from other businesses you know so instagram's huge right yeah. i get to watch guys and that you, you know what you admire as other electrical contractors whether yeah. they're older or younger or been in business for a short time or not totally um you know, something to be learned from from anyone that is doing your trade that you're interested in. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to stay really open-minded when it comes to stuff like that. Um, you know, you can get sucked up in some of the gimmicky uh, products. Um, but I also, like I said, try to stay open-minded to it because, you know, until you test it or really need it in a situation, you know, you might need that gimmicky adapter yeah. in, in certain things. And so even if you're using it once, there's, we just run across, especially in custom residential, yeah. it's not, cutter stuff we're getting approached you know by by designers saying can you make this happen or uh -huh. the architect just draws something up beautiful and you kind of have to figure it out on your it's not as as cut and dry as like maybe some track homes that we work on yep. we still will you know work on a track home or a spec where where everything's kind of figured out or maybe a, a commercial project where you typically get a full set of blueprints with x y and z uh, just because that's the the type of um, plan sets that come with a commercial job. Yep. A lot of the stuff we have to get creative and, and then still work, work within code. Yeah. You know, we have to do things where they're safe and then uh, aesthetics is a huge thing. So, um, you know, knowing all those boxes, like you're saying, like if it's adjustable or if it recesses or 
you know, looking at, even if we, we don't do a lot of commercial, we do some restaurants, mm -hmm. but we use a lot of commercial, what, what electricians would consider commercial type applications in our residential builds. Yep. You know, you're not, you're not married to using a residential panel just because it, it says residential on yeah, the box. That's right. You know, you can, you can, these houses, when you're up in the 10,000 square foot range, almost need things to be commercial commercial yeah it's and a mini so, school at that point it's a small walmart <laughs> yeah 10, so I, I take a lot i watch some of these knowing that you know I, I would probably never try to bid or try to do some of these big commercial mm -hmm. you know industrial schools and stuff we've done breweries and things and i think that's fun just to keep the juices flowing but yep. i admire those big contractors and watch what they're doing because even if we're you know maybe we're not running three thousand you know pipes into one uh, room where we're only, you know, 30 of them, but we yeah. can still use the same methods. We use a lot of strut, sure. a lot of, a lot of people, love that. you Thanks know, look really, at really. Installs and, and think, Oh, I didn't think about that. And I think it's good to think outside the box when it comes to material. Selections. Yeah. As a quick side note on that CJ to plug, to, to give you a little plug. One thing that's really fun about watching your Instagram or even some of the articles that you've written that I've seen in Fine Home Building. I want to see you've written a JLC article too, right? Maybe not. Uh, Fine Home Building was the only publication on paper that we that I got. Okay, maybe that's work. it. You do really, really nice, detailed, organized work. And, and I would tell you, just like builders get um, judged by how clean their job sites are, uh, or messy they are. Electricians get judged by how clean their panel box install is, how clean their wiring is or not. And it's not to say the electrician who's not uh, doing things necessarily neatly is a bad electrician, but I can tell you that when people see your work, CJ, uh, you guys really take pride in making everything really nice and pretty, even though it's gonna get a cover on it, right? And you're not gonna see yeah. it until that cover comes off. That really shows your pride and workmanship. And I think people that see that work of yours, especially when I'm seeing it on Instagram, let's say, as kind of a more day-to-day, -day, not a not a published photo, uh, they go, man, these guys are really good. You know, I don't know a thing about the wiring or what's happening behind the scenes, but I can tell when people are organized. And uh, yeah, I'd, I, I'd love to get your comment on that. I appreciate the compliment too, because we do take a lot of pride. Um, it's a double-edged sword, you know, I've had several, you know, how Instagram or social media can be, um, where it's just, that's unrealistic. Our, our contractors would never pay for that. Right. Um, you know, like maybe cause we're using, we use these wire clips that tend to be more expensive than staples or mm. we, we route our wires in a manner that we can move things. So we, we get, you know, called out for wasting wire and I understand both aspects, right? So. I, I do think that there's a minimum. Yep. Um, and even our code book, the National Electric Code, says workmanlike manner. You know, yeah. everything has to be installed in a workmanlike manner. That's so right. there's a there's a bottom line there. And yeah. you know, like in trade, it's interpreted. Um, anything could be, you know, interpreted however. Right. You know, right. What does that level. mean, workmanlike? Yeah. And so um, there was there's it's still a learning curve right now because we do have like a an a standard mm -hmm. um and i've justified it a million different ways in my head um we try to sell it to the client or the builder um i think the biggest thing with just you know our wiring methods take probably a little longer um and you know we save time in some areas versus you know you know uh, a traditional install methods but um 
it usually pays off. So we loop our wires in a way where, you know, moving things in a custom home is easier. So maybe it doesn't pay up front, but later we look like the heroes because we can move yeah, things because we leave loop. Or, um, you know, the, the, the big thing is we're working on high-end residential homes. Some of them are second and third vacation homes. Yeah. Um, and so these are like hobbies. I mean, I've met a lot of our clients. Sometimes we don't get to interface directly with the clients mm-hmm. just because they might be such high profile right. people, but um, they, they do still walk through their jobs. Oh yeah. Totally. These people have built three, four, five, ten homes mm-hmm. and it's a hobby to them. So when they walk in on a, a rough framed job site and I can't tell you how many times we've had people go, wow, look how straight your wires are. And it's something that simple. We drill with lasers. It's not rocket science. We don't think there's really any other way to do it. I don't think it's wasting time, but I think that's a selling point, at least in our builds that clients appreciate that. Even though, like you said, it's covered up by sheetrock or, or, uh, drywall or in a box, but well, you put that down also- as a video to make for us, CJ, I would love that video. And I think that video is really needed in our industry, your industry of here's the workmanship of being an electrician. Here's why we do that. Just like you laid it out, but also like you mentioned drilling with a laser. I don't know how that works. I'd love to know. Uh, yeah. if you'd show that on video, I know it's, you've done it a million times. You didn't even think twice about it. But there's going to be a bunch of people like me watching those videos uh, who would love to know how to do that, whether they're going to wire their own shed or, frankly, they're going to have their young 23-year-old electrician who's never uh, done that before. Uh, He's going to forward the video on and go, hey, nephew, uh, check this out. There's this amazing CJ out in California who's showing you how to drill straight lines uh, with the laser. Don't don't feel like some of those topics are too basic for you to, to cover on Build Show Network. No, I think that's important too to keep that mindset that it's not basic. Like we might do it every day, but um, like I said, I, we try to standardize things too. I think there should be a minimum standard of, of quality, hundred um, percent, and it should never go below that. Yep. Um, but it's also a lot of it has function to it. You know, with yeah. drilling straight holes versus you know just lining uh, our drill up on our knee and them you know jumping around and through the wall cavities. Mm-hmm you know, okay, our wire pulls through the holes easier. So, you know, there's always something on the other side, you know, form and function um, that I think is important. We do get caught up being, you know, sometimes form is, you know, we just love when things look neat and clean. Um, But, you know, there's always that, you know, other side of the coin that it's function too. Yeah. You know, whether it's um, the, the wires being straight so that the insulation guys don't have to slice on so many different elevations or, point. you know, it's silly things like that, that a great point. Um, we try to overthink. I tend to overthink and I'm still trying, you know, I love that. I leave it open. I get to install a lot, a lot less than I did two or three years ago. Yeah. Sure. Just because you know, I rolled into the project manager. Yeah. You're, you're running the business. business stuff. And so I miss being in the field, but when I'm with my guys on a job with the tool bags on, it's awesome. And I always tell them, Hey, if you think of something better, let's let's propose it. But That's we awesome. also try to standardize it so it's you know easier for us, easier for other builders mm-hmm. or other trades, right? That's yep. another thing. Yep. We try to think about the other trades. That's a great point. Um, I want to switch gears. I, I got one question that I meant to ask you earlier in the podcast that I'd love to get your opinion on. Uh, I mentioned those compact fluorescent dedicated fixtures I used on a 
one particular house that I put a, a bunch of them in. <laughs> Just like right as LED bulbs and technology was coming out. And uh, and it's I feel like we've kind of uh, gone back to that in some respects. And here's what I mean. So, you know, 15 years ago, we had these dedicated recess cans that you could only put a four prong or two prong CF mm -hmm. bulb in. And then uh, LEDs started to come out and they always had an Edison base. You know, they had a, a regular screw pattern. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about when I say Edison base, right? A lot regular quote unquote light bulb. So then we started going back to more standard fixtures that would take an LED, that could take an incandescent, that could take a, you know, whatever, as long as it had an Edison base. I feel like we've kind of gone back to dedicated again these days where, and, and I'm saying this because I don't know the answer, but like at my own personal house that I just finished, I have a bunch of fixtures in my house that you can't change the bulb it's a it's a built-in led that if that goes out someday i literally have to take the fixture off the wall throw it in the trash and get another fixture and the reason why it's this is coming up is because one of my outside fixtures on my house the one that's on my side yard out my garage door has started flicking like like uh you know like it like the strobe light and my neighbor called me uh one morning was like dude you're crushing me with that light you got to change that light bulb and I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. Well, I can't change the light bulb. It's the fixture, you know, and it's a six month old dedicated uh, downlight LED. And I and I thought to myself, oh, no, I hope I didn't make a mistake putting a bunch of these fixtures in with this LED that's permanent. What's your take on that? What do you think about, uh, you know, these permanently mounted LED fixtures without a removable bulb? Um. Okay, I'll try to keep it short and sweet. Cause I can drown <laughs> off. But we can go twenty I, minutes on this topic. This is my wheelhouse. This is what I think about. I did a lot of service um, in a like a two-year period in my mid twenties. I worked for a service company, and mm -hmm. we did a lot of new installs too. But it's changed the way I look at the way we install our stuff. You know, a lot of guys install stuff and then walk away and never see it again. Yeah. Versus if you're doing service, you're fixing things that are broken. You're kind of like a detective. Yep. And so you. See how installs fail whether it's water building up in a box so we drill little holes in the bottom or uh. or uh, you know where you route your conduit it's a chase for water now and mm -hmm. where's it penetrate a house or things like that so the lighting stuff is exactly like that or you know is it serviceable mm -hmm. um how many bulbs light bulbs is the tech you know lamps is what i call them lamps yeah that's the trade trade name. light bulbs or lamps how many are in your house, how many different types, you know? So when many. We work in those big commercial buildings. They had closets full of all the different ones versus the engineer would have just thought, maybe we'll standardize this. Mm. It makes maintenance easy. Totally. So the integrated stuff is driven by two things. The, the two obvious things are um, manufacturing. Um, LEDs change the, the shape and size of what uh, manufacturers are able to design out you know mm -hmm. these beautiful little track uh vanity lights you couldn't do that before even yep. with those little halogen bulbs you couldn't create that effect yep. um and then code um energy codes i'm in california born and raised california boy yeah. we have the title 24 most, yeah we have the most strict title 24 codes so the cf the fluorescent stuff came along because you know the department of energy drove or dictated how many watts you could have in a kitchen, trying to make things more energy efficient and mandating it. Yep. Um, and then same thing with the integrated LED. LED came along. You could only use certain things that were stamped Title 24 or mm. JT. There's all these different acronyms. 
So now, since everything's so energy efficient, they've gone back to the original medium-based screw and light bulb because right? um, because they're they're legal now. Uh, when we were trying to abide by code in certain houses, those weren't legal because what would happen is the technology of the LED wasn't advanced enough early days to where people would not like the the light it put out, mm-hmm. unscrew them, and then go get a 100-watt incandescent and screw it back in. Right. So the, the Title 24 said no medium base. You can't screw it in. Oh, uh, that's be. interesting. So I didn't that's think about that. I think drove that originally. I bet that's right. I mean, yeah. LED, I think when i'd suggest to a homeowner like you said your back your your front door sconce light or or a floodlight mm-hmm. yep integrated leds has pros and cons they can diffuse them differently they can aim light differently um they can make the envelope of the fixture smaller that's yep. nice but when it fails you're kind of you're left in a situation where either if they manufacture it still if they repair it if they yep. honor it yep. so i'm a big fan of if you, you can get what you can from a screw-in type especially with decorative stuff yeah now with the recess stuff all the recess that we work with i prefer an integrated led um not a screw-in light bulb because yeah. like i said the optics are better they're yep. able to cramp the smaller envelopes and do more with less that's um, what i used in my house too serviceability is a big factor in anything we install mm-hmm. just because you know we have to honor our warranties and then yeah. we want our homeowners to be you know customers forever yeah so when we install something junk even if we're not told a spec you know if it fails it's kind of makes us look bad so yeah they're calling um, you i do suggest long story short decorative lights to have a screw and light bulb yep um because of serviceability um but again there's pros and cons like anything there's a list of pros and cons whether it's aesthetics um, um the design of the fixture or um the actual um serviceability of it is i think there's a lot of driving factors there yeah, but that's really good the screwing led has come a long way it's yes, not it that so you uh, they don't have to warm up now we're spoiled with what we got um Boy, that's and the sure. cost is affordable now they used to be a fortune yeah crazy isn't it all that stuff's changed so much man cj so good to talk to you brother we should probably uh uh, call it quits here. We don't. I, I don't want to go uh, Joe Rogan style where we go four hours, even though we oh, easily man. could we talk for four hours. I could ramble forever. It's one of those things. But that's the beauty of what we're doing with you, man. Where every week, hopefully, we're going to get a uh, a new video from CJ's job sites in beautiful California, guys. So if you're not currently uh, over on the website, go check out buildshownetwork.com. CJ will be under the expert. You'll see that hamburger tab at the top. You'll see our experts, and CJ will be on there when the time this podcast comes out. Also, I'd have you go over to uh, Instagram. He's CNC underscore electric uh, is his Instagram handle. You should absolutely be following him on Instagram. Uh, And lastly, if you're not currently a subscriber to our newsletter, somewhere down below here, wherever you're listening to this podcast or watching it on Build Show Network, there'll be a link to our newsletter because once a week, pardon me, twice a week, We're going to send you an update with all our experts, all the new videos. I think we've got 13 new videos these days on our website uh, every single week. And one of those will be uh, what CJ is doing on his job sites in uh, sunny California. So, CJ, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. Really appreciate it, brother. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, too. I'm excited to be part of the team. And I think 
it'll be uh, fun. Like I said, just sharing whatever we do and, and also learning more. I think it's all about just uh, fully absorbing, you know, the, the, the trade at, you know, the industry itself. Construction's fun. I love it, man. And you're our first electrician uh, to be on the network. So it's a real privilege to have you on CJ to get the best guy in the country on the, uh, on the network. That's a big win for us over at BSN. That's for big, sure. Yeah. yeah, big moment. Uh, we try, um, but uh, I definitely appreciate the kind words, Matt. Love it, brother. Before we close out the podcast, I did want to say a big thanks to our two sponsors for today's podcast. That's ViewRail and Plungy. Check out their websites. These are two really cool companies uh, that I think you should definitely check out what they've got to offer for you. All right, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're not currently a subscriber, hit that subscribe button below. We've got new podcasts every single Friday. Follow us on TikTok or Instagram. Otherwise, we'll see you next time on the Build Show podcast. <laughs>